welcome to another hopefully wonderful episode of a Colts podcast. My name is Brandon, and I'm brought to you here by. <laughs> what are off to a great there? start. This Round is a Colts two. podcast. This is a Colts podcast brought to you by a Horseshoe Huddle and uh, S Fan Nation on SI.com. I'm here with your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. Uh, how's it going, sir? How are you? Hey, we got through it. Doing great. It's my first it's, time. <laughs> it's a it's a good week. It's it's nice outside. Where this will be our last episode for a week or so, as the as not only are we taking a little break, the Colts are taking a break as well. The Colts ended their mandatory mini camp today at a broken broken down for the summer, and we don't expect to see guys back until training camp at the end of July. So uh, it's a uh, it's the official lull period for for the NFL. But uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Shout out, Danny. Hello, uh, Stats Matt. I'll, I'll just hide my free ads here. Um, just, uh, you know, wearing the shirt I was wearing. Not putting on all my Colts gear like Andrew, you know, I'm not, or like some other, you know, podcasts uh, that cover this team. Anyway, uh, speaking of the lull, Andrew, let's make sure we go follow at a Colts podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, hey, we have a reel now. We made a reel, one reel. Uh, one reel. Don't know if we're going to have any more reels. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's going to take some bribery. Uh, we'll see what happens. But thanks for joining us. Thanks for following us. Make sure to share with your friends uh, and your family so we can ramp up and have as many viewers and friends as possible as we go into the season. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about today, believe it or not. Let's get started. Andrew, the Colts have started their mandatory minicamp. They finished it. Over two. Started and finished. Just like that. Um, I love, let's just start out here. I love the like extra soft pads on the outside of the helmets. I, I've never seen those before. I feel like that's a new thing this year, and I love them. It is now required. I think it's even required in training camp. I don't know if it's required in the games or not. Uh, but it, it's I the think games? for preseason. I not oh. for not for the regular season. But I thought I saw something that in the preseason, some of the position groups have to wear them. Stats map. Go ahead and look that up just to kind of confirm that. But on, I think it's the tight ends. It's the offensive linemen, the defensive linemen, uh, and the linebackers. I'm not sure about the cornerbacks. It could be defensive backs as well. But those groups have to wear those soft shells on top of their helmets through mini camp, through training camp. It's just an extra pro- extra protection for those guys that are that are hitting all the time, just to not get a concussion early in in a in a period that really doesn't. Really, that's not a you know whole lot of protection for their heads honestly i feel like that's more protection for you know the limbs that they might be accidentally spearing um it's another it's another extra layer before it gets to the skull yeah it's just at the end of the day helmets can only get so good at the end of the day if you're going really fast and you stop immediately your brain moves <laughs> you know what i mean like that just happens there's only so much you can do but um interesting choice let's get into the things that matter matt ryan is good at football correct matt ryan's real good at football um so far everything the colts have wanted accuracy um has been phenomenal 
uh, timing, his knowledge, what he's bringing to this team from a leadership standpoint, everything we're hearing is, and again, this is, it's the time of year you hear all those good things, but it's not just coming out of the Colts locker room. Uh, there are reporters at minicamp um, feeding us some of this information as well. I might be feeding some information at uh, training camp, just a Uh-oh. little things to things might be coming here soon but uh stats back coming in clutch again linemen tight ends and linebackers from training camp through game two of the preseason will wear those shells but but yeah matt ryan has been he has been everything the colts have wanted in a quarterback he's he's come in being the the leader that they have they've craved and sought after in a quarterback he's very demanding of the guys he his his accuracy is on point and and for a quarterback that's in this Frank Reich offense that's that's based on timing, based on on scheme to get the guys open. Yep. Matt Ryan fits into this system perfectly. And again, I think I touched on this last week where Carson Wentz had to, and it's not one isn't better than the other necessarily, just depending on the the scheme that you're in. Mm-hmm. But Carson Wentz was more of a quarterback that had to see the receiver open before he threw it. Matt Ryan doesn't have to see the receiver open before he lets go of the football. He knows where the receiver is going to be. He works with his receivers on the timing and where they're supposed to be at specific times in the play, and he puts the ball right where it needs to go. I've seen multiple videos now from, Mindy, from Colts minicamp where, where Matt Ryan has put the ball in a spot where only his wide receiver can get it or right over the defender's hand or right over the defender's uh, uh, head so that way the Colts receiver can bring it in. And that's that's exactly what the Colts need. Everything so far has has gone gone to plan, and they've gotten the quarterback that they've, they've so desperately needed. Even I would even consider it an upgrade over where Phillip Rivers was in 2020. Well, and that's where I was going to go to, Andrew, was um, you're getting a little more Phil Rivers in the knowledge department and the timing department, but I think you're getting a better arm um, and a more accurate thrower out of uh, Matt Ryan. And, you know, he'll say the F word because we've established <laughs> before. Uh, so I don't know. It, it's it's you get some things out of cart, you know, from Matt Ryan that you got out of Carson Wentz in regards to arm strength. Um way better accuracy uh but then you get the the goods of leadership and brains out of um you know a la philip rivers and uh, i think matt ryan he's not a guy that you define as a mobile quarterback but he's much more mobile uh than philip rivers was so i i really think you know i saw a tweet and it's way too early you know it's way too early to start feeling this way but Somebody said this Colts team feeling a lot like the 2021 Rams, uh, and that'd be awesome, you know, uh, to to continue this crazy trend of veteran quarterbacks going to a well-established team that are just a piece or two away. One of those pieces being quarterback, uh, it'd be pretty exciting. Well, I like how you said that Matt Ryan's a little bit more mobile than than Philip Rivers, and and I think I think obviously we're not talking about a Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, uh, uh, mobile in the pocket, Patrick, Mahomes. coming at him. You can sidestep somebody. Exactly. The footwork and the, and the ability to escape those rushers within the pocket. It's something that, that Tom Brady has really perfected over his career. Nobody thinks of Tom Brady being a mobile yeah. quarterback, but Tom Brady moves very well inside of that pocket to evade those rushers, get maybe an extra second or two. So 
he can still deliver the ball accurately to his weapons down the field. That's exactly what Matt Ryan does as well. All right, let's talk about these receivers, Andrew. Uh, standout, young wide receiver, still young uh, somehow. Uh, never see him on the field, but still young Paris Campbell seems to be a standout. Uh, Pierce is getting some good chances. What are you seeing out of these young uh, wide receivers? It's interesting because you hear about what's got, what's happening and what's coming out of of Colts camp, and and you're starting to see some roles being being defined. A lot of the stuff too, and, and obviously it's it's June. We need to preface all of this by it's June, but a lot, but some this some of this stuff does matter. The Colts are starting to build on on their install, so that way they can hit the ground running in training camp mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that's been going michael Pittman's way has been over the middle catches uh catches in traffic uh kind of that and that that traditional x wide receiver role where you're he's he's catching those those balls and and really getting him in some space over the middle so he can use it use his yards after catchability you see paris campbell a lot before of times, you go on from michael Pittman jr slow down okay <laughs> You said uh, young receiver groups. I was going to through the whole group. I know, but I, I just, you know, I saw a tweet today as well. Hey, Colts, can't wait to see how Colts fans react when Michael Pittman Jr. has a breakout season, uh, you know, top 10 wide receiver, and then once paid. <laughs> and I said, let's hope, you know, that's fine with me. Let us, let's do it. Deal with that then. I don't think Chris Bowder would have a problem paying his own wide receiver, especially if he yeah. reaches the caliber of, of a top 10 wide receiver if Michael Pittman Jr. gets there. So right. I, I, I think that that would go pretty smooth. Welcome the issue. So, but yeah, I, I, Pittman has been Pittman. I mean, he's, he's the number one wide receiver. He's, he's been showing out, making, making the plays that we expect him to make and, and showing that, that alpha male. Uh, moving on to Paris Campbell, which which Chris Burton is talking about. Uh, Paris Campbell has has shown out. He really has, and and we say this every year. Paris Campbell looks good in June. He starts to look good in July. Then an injury happens. So, uh, it I feel like a broken record. The talent has never been the issue with Paris right. Campbell. It's can he stay on the field? And and Matt Ryan has really taken a liking to Paris Campbell here early. The the Colts have been making it a priority to get Paris Campbell involved early in 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 offseason workouts to to really create that chemistry. They still have big plans for Paris Campbell, and they think Campbell can be a vital part of this offense if he can stay healthy. And and that's the thing. And I, if, if if there's any year for him to do it. This is the year because otherwise he's gone. This is a contract year for Paris Campbell. Right, uh, he's been a guy that I've heard a lot about. Uh, another name, as far as going a little bit farther down on the depth chart, Ashton Doolin, not Ashton Doolin, Desmond Patman. Desmond Patman has been getting some run with the number one with the number ones. He don't get did, my hopes up. <laughs> I know don't you're get my hopes up. You're a big Desmond Patman guy, but. I Desmond Patman has he's getting the chances this in in early in the spring here yeah. that he ha hasn't necessarily gotten in the past and he's taking advantage of it because Michael Strawn hasn't been practicing because he's he's dealing with a little injury Ashton Doolin is still getting some run and we know what Ashton Doolin can do but Ashton Doolin has mostly been running with the twos it's usually been 
Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell, and then Alec Pierce and Desmond Patman rotating in with that, that number one group. Ashton Doolin has been seeing some reps with the ones, but not as much as Desmond Patman and Alec Pierce. So Patman's getting a look there, and, and I think eventually Pierce will have that, that Z wide receiver role and be the starter there, but Patman could also be in that category as well possibly be the backup to alec pierce or be the number four wide receiver so your boy patman's been getting some looks here in, in minicamp and andrew something here in the notes about the offensive line trying to find continuity what's going on with this five-star offensive line yeah so it's not, nothing to worry about but the reality of the situation is 40 percent of the offensive line is new 40 percent of the starting offensive line i should say is new with matt Pryor starting at left tackle and and danny pinter starting at right guard so it was it was a good conversation with with quentin nelson this week speaking to the media and i wrote a piece about it as well he's he's kind of seeing the group come together uh they've worked with each one of them before and each one of them has started in some particular situations but they haven't been the full-time starter there yeah. so and, and I think one of the most underrated uh, parts of being an offensive lineman, and I think, tell me if you agree, is is just the continuity. Because those guys, you keep, it's more probably than any other group in football, has to work as a cohesive unit. Because if yeah. one of those five guys slips up and misses an assignment, the whole play pretty much blows up. So that's why... Matt Pryor working next to Quentin Nelson and knowing how he plays and Quentin Nelson knowing how Matt Pryor plays so that way they can have that cohesion. And then Danny Pinter on the right side in between Ryan Kelly and, and Braden Smith, knowing how Pinter is going to be able to handle that so that way not only can they trust that he's going to be – that those guys are going to be able to handle their assignments, but know when, in, in certain situations when they need to go over and, and kind of help those guys out. So I think that's that's mostly what these offensive linemen are using this time for and they're going to use it this uh their training camp time as well to really create that continuity so that way come week one they're a cohesive group okay so in regards to quentin nelson uh you know there's and, and we're going to get to it here shortly uh in regards to uh darius and his injury and surgery quentin says he's feeling fine okay but quentin's also a guy that's going to say He's feeling fine. He feels good. How truthful do you think uh, he's being when he says, you know, he's not really last year. He was fighting through injuries constantly playing through injuries constantly His back. You know, when you're a big boy like that, you're going to have issues um, along those lines. How much truth do you think there is in his saying he's a hundred percent right now? I think, he, I think it is true because I, the big part of last year is last because he went to Notre Dame and he's not allowed to lie. Quentin Nelson had three surgeries last offseason. He hasn't yeah. had one yet, and, and he doesn't plan on having one in these next couple months before training camp. So there's a big difference coming off of three surgeries in a matter yeah. of months and, and having a full healthy offseason. So the the foot is, is done. It's a non-issue because that mm -hmm. was cleared up back last August. His ankle, 
all healed up now with the time off. His back, no flare-ups this spring, good. which is a good sign. So I really do feel like Quentin Nelson, who didn't miss a snap, didn't miss a rep, was a full participant in every single practice this entire offseason through, through OTAs, through camp. I think Quentin Nelson's feeling really good as they break for the summer. Good. All right. Uh, so Gus Bradley loves Quiddy Pay. He does. He loves him some Quiddy Pay already. That. What's going on in camp with Quiddy Pay? Sorry, mini mini camp. So so Quiddy Pay with it's it's kind of interesting. So Unique and Gakwe, uh, he he hasn't really he hasn't been present through OTAs. He did show up and was there for mini camp, which is great. But in the off season, and Gakwe kind of does his own thing. He does his own training down in South Florida, and the Colts were on board with this. They they stayed in in constant communication with him. There there was no problems there. But since Ngakwe wasn't there, and really Ngakwe doesn't need to be there as far as the install of the new defense because he's basically been with Gus Bradley his entire career. But Quiddy Pay hasn't, and and with Ngakwe not there. It allows Quiddy Pay to play both the Leo spot and get reps there and the big end spot because of the Leo spot over on the on the left side or on the right side, excuse me. That's where Ngakwe is going to mostly play, lined up over the left tackle. The big end spot is going to be where Quiddy Pay plays most of the time over the right tackle. But there are going to be times where Quiddy Pay has to go on over to the left side. So Gus Bradley really likes the the power rusher in Quiddy Pay. How he's a student of the game. How he's a guy that that you don't have to tell things to twice. He picks up things very quickly. But that time that Ngakwe has been away, it's allowed Quiddy Pay to really get reps at both of those spots. So in case he does need to fill in over on the left uh, on the right side, if if Ngakwe needs to take a break or Ngakwe goes down with injury, Quiddy Pay can move from from the big end over to the Leo spot, and and, and it's going to be a seamless transition. So Gus Bradley spoke to the media yesterday and had a lot of lot to say about Quiddy Pay all good things and and I think I think this is setting up for Quiddy Pay to have a really really nice second season for the Colts I'm really hopeful for that uh, especially like last season we were talking all this stuff about like and, and yeah he's a rookie but you know we're like give him time well he didn't have very many sacks in college well it's a different scheme college is harder to get sacks and then this what was that guy a senior out of michigan this this year in the draft I, f- 10 sacks something like that last year i was like oh well that doesn't look good for our, our argument for quitty last year but i do think he's going to find home uh a good chunk of times uh this year especially in a defense that's going to give him that opportunity that's that's the key here is the the defense and especially specifically on the defensive line it's going to be totally different than it was last year with Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus wanted his defensive line and his defensive linemen to do more read react where where they would read to see if it was a run or a pass and then go get the quarterback. In Gus Bradley's system, in Nate Ollie, who's the defensive line coach now for the Colts, it's all about the attacking front. They want these guys pinning their ears back. They're going to have Ngakwe and, and Pay out in a wide nine stance outside of the tackles rather than inside, and they're going to want them to go out and get the quarterback. They put Ngakwe over in that Leo spot, which is for the, the faster, explosive uh, defensive ends, more of the, I wouldn't say finesse, but just more of the speed rusher. And the big end is more of the power rusher. And that's what Quiddy yeah. Pay is. He's You wouldn't look at Quiddy Pay and it's like, oh, that guy is, is a speed rusher a la 
Dwight Freeney. No, right. he's more of a power rusher. And then the big end spot really fits Quiddy Pay's uh, skill set much better. And him just being to pin his ears back, not having to worry about anything else besides going and get the quarterback. That's, I think, is going to be a big difference you're going to see this year. Short answer here, Andrew. If that's the case, because we're a really good run defense, if, if, the def- defensive line, especially ends, are being used differently. Uh, how do you think that affects the run defense? Quick answer. I think who picks up the that's, slack? That's tough. I, I think the linebackers are going to be there to pick up the slack because you still have. Darius Leonard and, and Bobby Okereke back there who can fly sideline to sideline and still make tackles. I mean, the, 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 the skill set of these defensive ends and the way Gus Bradley's system is, is, is that while these guys are still pinning their ears back to go with the quarterback, you still have to be mindful of that running back and, and being able Especially to in a division against Derrick Henry, right? Being right. able to create that chaos though, in the yeah. pocket, it's going to allow and give these linebackers an extra step or two. So that way, if, if the running back does get through to the second level, they can go and attack. Okay. Uh, what's up next here? Darius Leonard situation. Why does this button in YouTube exist? If it doesn't want to work anyway, <laughs> production issues. First time trying something doesn't work. Classic. Anyway, Darius Leonard missed minicamp due to back issues. Let's talk facts real quick, and then we'll start chatting um, about how we feel about it. Procedure needed for back. Ankle is fine, and second procedure not needed. Will miss some training camp time, but expected back for the regular season. Here's my favorite thing I've read, and this was from Pat McAfee, basically, what Darius told him. They believe... The ankle issue, the reason it was nagging, and this is new since I talked to you about this, Andrew. It new to me. He's claiming that this back surgery could solve the nerve issue or whatever issue was going on in the ankle. That would blow my mind. I'd be very impressed by modern science if that was the case. So, and, and uh, we'll, I'll kind of get to the. There's some confusion that's going on between just of all the the information that's going on. So let's let's start with what what you had mentioned with what Darius Leonard told Pat McAfee about okay. the surgery. So first of all the back injury that that happened with Darius Leonard it, it's not something that's that's been lingering for a while, it's something that happened this off season. And it's something that that just just progressively gotten a little bit worse. And and they the Colts looked at it and they said let's take care of this now and not let it progress to get any to get any further. So, so Darius Leonard had surgery on his back, and it was for what he said was more of a pinched nerve in his back than anything. And and I think it's not the sole reason why his ankle hasn't been hasn't gotten better, but I think the two are connected in that the the injury to his back probably wasn't allowing him to get over the hump with that ankle it wasn't allowing the the full recovery to go through because mm-hmm. what he explained to pat mcafee is is it's more of a functioning issue with the ankle rather than an actual injury and, and to get that full maybe full range of motion or full function back into that ankle 
this back fixing this back issue will allow him to continue the rest and rehab hence why they don't think a second procedure is needed on the ankle in order to get the ankle back to 100%. So I think I think that's what's what's going on. Uh, we, we Frank Reich said today was talking about it and said how the two weren't connected. Darius Leonard then tweeted that people weren't communicating right between maybe the surgeon and the Colts training staff communicating to 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 Frank Reich, there's all a bunch of yeah. confusion going around, but but the main point is fixing the back issue should allow the rehab of the ankle to move forward and and to allow it to get back to a hundred percent. And as of right now, there's there's no concern for Darius Leonard as far as missing regular season time. He might miss into training camp. We'll see if he even plays in the preseason. But as of right now he should be a full go week one in Houston. Listen, I'm glad John spelled incorrectly. Bon Jovi has joined our stream. Welcome. My mother loves you. Uh, I don't like this comment. Is this directed at me, John Bon Jovi? You, me, easily confused by signs of any kind. Listen, I'm a smart guy. Okay. That doesn't make me not impressed by modern science. Okay. Where's Tom Uh, Brady? Where's Tom Brady? He yeah, I don't know. Show Tom Brady's missing out. Uh, everybody think that's, thinks that's so funny, by the way. Um, I, I, as do I. I found it annoying at first, but now, I mean, it is absolutely hilarious. Um, and Kyle Stute makes a good point here. Well, he was walking the day after, not a crazy invasive surgery. Here's exactly. my concern, Andrew, and I've talked to you about this. I tweeted about this. Um, kind of a spoiler for my main take on this. Now, Granted, this was before I read what Pat McAfee, you know, had had talked to him about. I feel there's a reason the ankle was a nagging issue. If Darius Leonard is the guy that you go, he'll be back for the regular season. Don't worry about it. Okay. There's a reason for that, right? Because he pushes hard in rehab. The question is, is his ankle a nagging issue? Because he pushes too hard in rehab. He does, he goes too far, you know, far and above the words, uh, you know, and that's my concern with this back. Like, okay, great. That's what you say because you know him, but is that a good thing? I don't want him to push too much just to be back for game one. You know what I mean? Like it's game one. It's against Houston which I understand how bad we've been on opening day, right? But it's Houston. (laughs) We said that two years ago when it was Jacksonville. Um, I just, this is, this is purely speculation, thought provoking conversation. Um, Yeah. I just, is it too much pushing? See, I, I, I don't think, I think maybe, maybe it could have been with the ankle originally. I think in this case, as far as his back is concerned, I don't think so. And, and it's because listening to what, what Frank Reich has said, listening to what, what Darius Leonard has said, it's, it's not about trying to get back as quickly as possible about right. this, but this back injury, both, both Darius Leonard and, and Frank Reich have said that it's, it's a, it's a minor procedure. It's as, as Kyle Stewart said, not in, not an invasive surgery. So it's not like he's having major surgery on his back. That's going to take months to heal. The, the Colts are saying that it's probably his recovery is going to go into training camp. 
But as far as the timeline that they praise probably heard from, from the surgeon, uh, from the Colts medical staff, they don't think that he would even taking the long route in recovery from this, from this surgery that week one is in, is in jeopardy. Neither one of Frank Reich or Darius Leonard really seemed concerned with that. And, and you would think that if it was something that was close, you would hear just by the way Darius Leonard is, he was say something like, I'm going to push hard to be back for week one. Or Frank Reich would say, would kind of lean into it and say, we hope he's there for, for week one, but they're not going to put a, because whenever someone's in jeopardy, you can tell Frank Reich always says, I'm not going to put a timeline on it. He didn't do that this time. So that makes me think that it's not something that they're going to push him to be back week one. It's it's they they fully believe that with a regular timeline, he's going to have plenty of time and doesn't have to push it. Yeah, I do. And I I am glad that uh, we were given that timeline, at least. So uh, let's move it along here. Andrew Corners making noise. Gilmore, Stefan Gilmore, interception. Did he intercept Matty Ice? Was it against Matty Ice? He did have an interception uh, on Matty Ice. It was a tipped ball interception. He made an acrobatic one-handed grab. So former defensive player of the year coming out strong and showing that he still got it. Uh, hey, by the way, before we continue on cornerbacks, how about Big Dick Nick wearing a Colts jersey, huh? I love those pictures. Wearing the nine. Uh, I might. <laughs> my fiance is going to kill me. I might have to get a Nick Foles jersey. Might have to oh go digging. Uh, if they don't have one, even better. Custom made jersey number nine, big dick Nick. Uh, <laughs> really going to enjoy that. Um, all right, move it along. Are we in other news? Yep. Not doing no, we, my production job here. We only talked about. Oh, we're in minicamp still. Yeah. Yeah. We only right. talked about Gilmore. I thought you were going to transition over to the next. We one. are. Listen. I can't believe Andrew just keeps leaving this out and he has it buried in the outline here as if it wasn't the title of our episode last week. Kenny Moore was at minicamp and participating. So everybody who's got their panties in a bunch, take a chill pill. Uh, Yes, the contract issue is going to continue. Like It's going to be a thing, going to be a concern. It's going to get resolved one way or another. Okay. I assume maybe he waits one more year, he gets paid. Even if it's not his best year, he's going to get paid because this team believes in Kenny Moore, uh, and I and I don't see him having a rough year. However, um, I, I do think he's going to get the money he's he's deserved. Any updates on that situation? So as of right now, it's still kind of at, at, a, at a stalemate. Really, the only difference is Moore got his physical, and he participated in in one day of mini camp. Um, the last two days, he was held out for precautionary reasons tweaked a little something they didn't really go into it kenny moore didn't really go into it sounds a little close to a holding well we'll see about that but uh as he spoke with the media yesterday um kenny moore was not in a good mood he got a lot of contract questions didn't didn't want to really dive into it saying letting his agent handle it um but as of i i still think that thing that it's heading towards he will be there and participate in training camp because training camps where the fines really ramp up. It's, I think it's up to $50,000 a day that you can be fined for, for missing each day, each day of training camp. As of right now, the Colts still do not have any plans of restructuring or giving Kenny Moore a new deal. 
they believed it was still it was fair when he signed it and the Colts don't want to set the precedent of of restructuring deals with two years left on the on the contract and and that's it so it's it we'll see how it plays out over the summer at this point I wouldn't expect the Colts to give him a new deal I would expect him to stay with this deal at least through this year. Maybe next spring they they take a look at it. We'll see how Kenny Moore responds to that. But as of right now, I don't see the Colts giving him a new deal. I don't see it either. And I don't see him sitting out because of it. I don't see him holding out. So uh, Rodgers, Isaiah Rodgers continuing to make plays. Love that guy. Isaiah Rogers be getting a lot of praise from the coaches about what his work this spring. It seems like he's been making plays every single practice. He's been they Frank Reich talked about how they see Isaiah Rogers as a cover guy and and he's been doing a great job whether it is batting balls down, whether it's it's using his his elite speed to catch back up to wide receivers and and cover those mistakes. Isaiah Rogers has really done a good job here this spring and and he's going to mm-hmm. try to carry that into the summer stretch when training camp starts but as of right now i would give the edge to isaiah rogers as that other starting cornerback over brandon Faison. love that uh anything else on the mini camp that you would like to point out I think the Colts are happy with the work that they got in this spring. Uh, they yeah. definitely upped it from last year. And I think Chris Ballard and Frank Reich both think that a reason they got off to such a slow start was because they didn't get in enough work in the spring. They they ramped it up. They did a lot of good install. They're happy with the progress that they've seen with all their units. And, and I think the Colts are going to enjoy this break, but I would expect training camp to be very, I wouldn't say, I mean, training camp is always tough, but I think you're going to see a a different focus in training camp so this Colts team can be ready week one. Congratulations to uh, Chris Burton being a new season ticket holder. We appreciate you. That's great. Uh, What? Hold on. Let me read the rest of that. We're going to lose to the Vikings? Vikings? That's an interesting interesting loss pick, Chris. I don't think we lose to the Raiders. Not no way in hell. I think we are gonna come firing at the Raiders. I think Ngakwe could get three sacks that day. I think Derek Carr is gonna have a rough day. <laughs> uh we'll see. I think that's the one I told you I kind of want to go to. Is that at home again? That's in Vegas. Oh, well, I do want to go to that one. Devontae Adams versus Stefan Gilmore that day is gonna be a fun matchup to watch. Maybe we'll see. We'll see how fun it is. Uh, Let's move it along to other news uh, for the Colts here. Andrew, the Colts have signed and and do not stop me uh, for things that don't matter here. Colts have signed defensive tackle Kavion Patton. There's one Uh, Colts waived. Now this linebacker, Jordan Glasgow and defensive tackle McKinley Williams. The third Jordan Glasgow, a guy we covered our first off season, Andrew. So Glasgow has been a, co- a core special teams player for the Colts the past two seasons. Yeah, um, he did get waived because of a failed physical designation. So doesn't necessarily mean the Colts can't, won't bring him back. But since he didn't pass his physical for minicamp, they did let him go. Yeah. Um, I think it's another 
another reason for that though is is some of the linebackers that the Colts some of the undrafted linebackers the Colts have got this offseason really showing out as as stats Matt says sounds like whether the Weatherford is going to make the team Sterling Weatherford has shown out um, and Kyle Stewart with Jojo Doman Jojo has really made some plays in minicamp he's a name that I've heard the Colts coaching staff is very high on so one of those two guys I think will make the team and will take over a uh, Glasgow spot uh as that sixth linebacker rough time to uh fail your physical when there's guys like that trying to take your job in the first place mm -hmm. tough break for Jordan Glasgow uh Colts to promote Matt Turpening to director of college scouting no surprise there we talked about how these moves were gonna you know the dominoes were gonna fall uh congrats to Matt Turpening yes with uh Morocco Brown's promotion to chief uh, personnel executive Matt Turpening was the assistant director of college scouting gets Morocco Brown's old role old role which then re results in the Colts promoting Jamie Moore to assistant director of college scouting yep Jamie Moore has been an area scout for quite a while so I know the Colts are really high on him he, he he does some some really good work um so I mean congrats to Jamie Moore he's he's one of the top scouts for the Colts all right yeah, I recognize this guy. Jamie Moore. There he is. All right. Um, <clears throat> news around the league, Andrew, before we get into the fun stuff. So, the Rams in defensive tackle, Aaron Donald, reworked their con his contract to three years, $95 million, the highest paid non-quarterback in NFL history. If you told me it was a defensive end, Maybe I'd believe you, but a defensive tackle, unbelievable. So it doesn't matter with this guy. He's, he's phenomenal. He, I I've seen zero fall off from him. Um, I just can't imagine that There's, the very, the very best player in his position is still making less than Bryson D. Shambo is to go play for Saudi Arabia <laughs> in advance, by the way. Golf's golf's a wild sport, man. But Aaron Donald easily one of the best defensive players in nfl history i would probably put him he's easily in my top five of defenders in nfl history uh if there's any if there was anybody to get the highest paid contract highest paid non-quarterback contract in nfl history it's no surprise that it's aaron donald he he deserves honestly deserves every penny of it and i have no problems paying that man 95 million over three years I just want to remind the people that think football players make too much money that the NFL brings in a lot of money. These teams bring in a lot of money. So that's why their employees get paid a lot of money. Okay. Well, and you think, <laughs> you think about it, that's 95 million. That's before taxes, especially living in a state like California. Ooh. He's probably getting about half of that. Yeah, that's very true. Still 40, 40 some million dollars. Chris Burton, that. you keep showing up. You keep putting down good comments. We'll keep mentioning them. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell her I said sup. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. Too far. Sorry, Chris. Uh, Rams and wide receiver. Do they have unlimited money? I don't understand how they're doing it. Rams and wide receiver Cooper Cup agreed to a three-year $80 million extension with $75 million guaranteed, most guaranteed money for a, a wide receiver in NFL history. Are they the Rams, just banking on this jump in, in the salary cap next year? Because there's going to be one. 
That's right. ex- that's exactly what the Rams do. And and it's it's not it's not like any it's not like teams besides the Rams can't do this. The Rams aren't special, but what the Rams do is they just place a lot of their they give these guys big time money and they they backload the contracts so that way when the cap does jump up they they aren't cap stricken by it because they're able mm. to fit in these big contracts. Mm. So uh, I heard uh, Tom Pelissero on, which Tom Pelissero, phenomenal guy. Uh, he gave a very good breakdown of this on Good Morning Football. Um, I think it was either yesterday or or this morning. But that's why when people say the cap isn't real or whatever, the cap is real. There's just different ways that you can manipulate the cap. Chris. I apologize. Simple joke. I'm sure she's a very nice lady, and I respect her and you. Um, The Broncos have entered a sale agreement with the Walton Penner Family Ownership Group for $4.65 billion. The sides announced Tuesday night, which is the largest, most expensive sale of a professional team ever. And I believe that gentleman are in America, in in America, America. my apologies in America, but that is the, like the Walmart family, correct? Yes. So, so Rob Walton is the heir to the Walmart family fortune. He is the, I was, I guess the main guy or the, the prominent person, the head of this group in the bid for the, the Broncos, but yeah, so the Panthers sold for two point, two point two, it's either 2.23, 2.65, somewhere in that area, yeah. billion dollars. Just a few years ago, the Broncos sold for almost double that. It's, it's an incredible, incredible sale for the Broncos. And uh, there's been reports that they would like to bring Peyton Manning on board as a either an advisory role or some kind type of role within the organization. So we'll see we'll see what happens there. A lot of teams want to bring Peyton Manning on board, uh, and none have succeeded. So. Bronco, Broncos are a little bit different, though. He lives in Denver. He's got a great yeah. relationship with the Broncos. True. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Now for the real meat of the episode, Andrew, uh, we're going to do. So last year we did a draft, a football draft of Disney characters, Disney animated characters, animated characters. Today, we're going to do an MCU draft, Marvel characters. Although I did use mostly uh, comic photos just because I think they're cooler. Uh, But. We're going to draft a quarter. We're each going to draft a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman, a linebacker, and a defensive back. Andrew uh, set up the flip coin flip to make me go first because I accused him of lying on the all the other <laughs> coin is, flips. Listen, on the coin flips, I simply ask Siri heads or he says, tails. He says, Siri, please say tails because I always pick heads. Absolutely. And she not. says, tails. Yeah. Uh, so this time I called him out and suddenly I get first pick. So, um, <laughs> of course it, it, let's hear, uh, let's hear some of your picks too, in the comments, uh, who you'd be drafting at some of these positions. We did not go in order of position. We went in order of just like any other draft. So, but I did start out with the quarterback, Steve Rogers, AKA captain America. Okay. Football fields only a hundred yards, hundred yards long. Right. So I don't need. You know, Thanos throwing a football. 
doesn't need to happen. Captain America's a natural leader. Lays his life down on the grenade for the team. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and the clear and obvious first choice in the entire MCU uh, as quarterback. Can't beat that pick right there. The consensus number one overall pick in yeah. the MCU draft. Joe Burrow. Steve Rogers. Andrew Luck. Peyton Manning. I mean, get out of town. It's a great pick. If I would have gotten the number one overall pick, I would have picked Captain America as well. Couldn't have blamed you. Andrew, your number two pick. So number two pick, it seems like this position group has been getting more and more valuable, especially this offseason. So I went with a guy that's got sticky hands, you would say. Spider-Man at wide receiver. Ooh, the sticky hands. And I picked your uh, favorite moment, Spider-Man moment, Andrew, for the picture here. Hey, hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Fantastic picture, but yeah, Spider-Man, he's got, he's very agile. He's got speed. He can catch everything and he's an absolute weapon down the field. So I got Spider-Man as my whiteout. Great pick. Uh, I didn't even think about the sticky hands. All I could think about was him slinging some webs on the, you know, overthrown balls, uh, and stuff like that. So yeah, great call on Spider-Man. That was a really good pick. Um, and a lot of people's favorite Marvel character. Uh, so I went running back next because my first thought was, you know, fastest man alive in the Marvel universe, right? Quicksilver. Uh, obvious reasons, running back, the MCU's version of the Flash, common sense. Easy pick uh, in the running back position. Andrew, who was your number three pick? Oh, I said Tom Brady's on my side. Hey, everyone. All right, you cover the comments for me while I'm playing with pictures, okay? <laughs> Tom Brady Tom says, says, hey, everyone. I love it. So yeah, Quicksilver, good pick. You picked a more, you picked definitely the speed back category rather than a bruisers. But I mean, why might as well pick one of the fastest guys, if not the fastest guy in the MCU and Quicksilver. My fourth pick, uh, I went with a defensive captain, a guy that is is not only one of the smartest in the MCU, a guy that can manipulate the defense and manipulate what offenses see. Doctor Strange. Ooh. At linebacker. So you might have Steve Rogers back there surveying a defense, but I have Dr. Strange who is going to make it look like there's not 11 defenders on the field. He's going to make it look like there are a million defenders on the field or a million guys bearing down on Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers won't know where to go. Dr. Strange, the perfect guy directing my defense. See, I was going to pick him an offensive line, especially based on this last movie with like a shield spell because he could just you know hold off at least long enough he can hold anybody off at least long enough for the quarterback to do something and i thought that was a unique use of him your use of confusing the offense was 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 brilliant as well i like that um let's see here my next pick pick five i went with defensive lineman i did i put linebacker first you made him your linebacker, and then, then I you fixed it. it. I fixed it, and you thought I'd pick him for offensive line, but I said, hey, man, Hulk don't protect. Hulk smash. Okay, defensive lineman, uh, the big mean green Hulk. Good pick. Your, your own version of, of Aaron Donald there on the defensive oh, yeah. line, and, and Matt agrees, Hulk for the defensive line. So oh, yeah. stats Matt on that one. My, me with the sixth pick here. Uh, I decided to go defensive line as well. I didn't go with the the de the interior defensive lineman. I went with a guy that has more athleticism on the outside. 
and I went with Thor, the god of thunder, for my defensive lineman. So a guy that that could bring down the hammer on the offensive lineman. He's he's got the athleticism to not only get the bend on the outside, but also do a quick rip on the inside. And and you're not going to be able to get him or be able to do anything once Thor gets past that offensive line. So I'm expecting a good 15 to 20 sacks a season from from Thor, the god of 15 thunder. 15 to 20 sacks a season. Uh, and that hammer. I mean, when in doubt, let Mjolnir run. Uh, I went with my next pick. Defensive back. Got to have a guy that's agile. Got to have a guy that's quick. Maybe some really long arms if he wants to. Mr. Fantastic. Uh, the stretchiest of them all. Uh, hilarious pick for defensive back. <laughs> I mean, just absolutely <laughs> priceless. I love this pick um, just to uh, toot my own horn. This one, this one caught me off guard a little bit. I thought you would, you would choose a, a, somebody else, but hey, you got the smartest, quote unquote, smartest man alive. So he's got great play recognition, and those long arms can get his hand on any ball. So that's that's an interesting one. I rounded out my defense with the number eight pick. Your defensive back is usually your last line of defense, and if we've seen over multiple instances in the MCU, including in Avengers Endgame. Iron Man as my defensive back. The last line of defense can cover the entire field. He's a guy that that when times get tough, when the ball's thrown up with that last Hail Mary, who's going to save you? I am Iron Man. A precision missile. Absolutely. Uh, listen, missed opportunity for me not to have the music up and ready uh, for Iron Man. That's just, that's on me. I, I blame <laughs> me for that, uh, but that's okay. See, Matt says Matt says Falcon as defensive back. We'll get there. Not bad. Flying, flying is a good one. Uh, but man, who knows? Hey, Iron Man can fly. fly. Iron Man can fly. Um, thank you, Andrew, for that point. <laughs> uh, I just kind of went, you know, opposite of my defensive lineman here, and this is where we introduce a couple villains. I went uh, with the Abomination on offensive line. Uh, bigger than Hulk, technically stronger than Hulk. And one of Hulk's arch enemies uh, don't have to have them fight in my situation here. So it seems like a win for me. Abomination, hey, offensive lineman. Those practices on on your on Brandon's oh, yeah. practice field, iron sharpens iron. The abomination versus Hulk, those guys are going to get after it. See, I went with the Mad Titan himself as my offensive line. We both went with villains on the offensive line. Thanos is my offensive line. Hilarious. We both went with villains on the offensive line to protect the good guy. We need your offensive lineman needs to have mean, nasty traits, just like the abomination in Thanos. But I think my my offensive lineman tops yours as Thanos, the mad titan. Love it. Um, up next for me, I went linebacker finally. You think a, a a big hard hitting guy, right? Mm hmm. Mean son of a bitch. Absolutely. Well, I picked one, except she's not big. She's not a guy, but she is one of the strongest mother efforts in the MCU. Captain Marvel, uh, home run of a pick at linebacker. I mean, one of the hardest hitting characters in the entire show. I mean, she was beating the piss out of Thanos in Endgame. Uh, for good one v one, one v one v one. The only way he won that little fight was he remembered power stone, a sneaky good pick 
by you with with Captain Marvel as the le- uh, the middle of that defense because not only can the, can she pack a punch, she's but so she fast. she's got range. She can cover the middle of the field. Great pick. So I went and here's 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 where where my biggest or my where my uh, shocker of a pick comes in. Did not pick quarterback here. This was went weird. With, went with running back. Went with the Scarlet Witch. And I can't wait for this explanation. I need and to he, hear it. And here's why. So you went with Quicksilver, very fast running back. I don't necessarily need to have speed. I mean, Scarlet Witch can can fly pretty quickly, but when you can control the minds of every single defender out there, you don't need to be lightning fast. You can just control them all to just stand there as she basically takes the ball and walks 100 yards into the end zone. No defense against that. As we've seen in the last cut in in WandaVision and in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, Scarlet Witch is one of the most powerful characters in the MCU. She is as well. Yep. That was it was an interesting pick, and I like the explanation. I have no magic on my team to defend against such. You went heavy on the magic, uh, which is uh, nice and tricky. Magic, tricky. Slaps okay. knee. I went with Ant Man at wide receiver. <laughs> uh, I mean, first of all, where is the guy? And then all of a sudden, he's twenty five feet tall. Uh, so can be giant, can be tiny, can't see him. Very fast, can fly around on insects, uh, and then just poof, giant anytime he wants. So uh, I thought it was a fun pick, uh, and I love Paul Rudd. So you know. Paul, you gotta love Paul Rudd. It was a very interesting pick. Um, I did not see Ant Man being a wide receiver, but hey, if you can make it work, I'll trust you. So here it is, That's the final, a good alternate position for him. The final pick in in our draft, and I'm going with Sam Wilson, Falcon, Captain America, as my quarterback. Now here's a guy that he started out was from wasn't a highly recruited Avenger, a guy that was just kind of brought on kind as of a side found his way in there. But the thing about the thing about Sam Wilson is that the guy is a workaholic. He just works, and he found his leadership skills over time, and he has become the leader of the Avengers. So you take a guy like that a guy that the team can rally around he's pretty damn good at throwing the football as well so sam wilson is going to be the quarterback my the last pick of the round just like how lamar jackson was the last pick it turned into an mvp sam wilson's going to turn into my mvp at quarterback all right let's see some comments who wins uh in a football game between those two teams uh i think that's one hell of a football game uh, I, I really enjoy the idea of that. I'm looking at my defense, though, Andrew, and I don't know who's keeping the Scarlet Witch from messing their mind up. I mean, Mr. Fantastic literally died. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> if you haven't seen it, that's on you. Uh, he died in the last movie. Nobody watches this that's watching for the MCU. So. Mm, Winter Soldier would be good, too. Metal Arm. Winter Soldier. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think my team's got the edge. I don't think you can penetrate Thanos. I've got magic at both linebacker and running back. My last line of defense is Iron Man. Sam Wilson throwing TDs to, to Peter Parker. See, here's your problem. Here's your one problem, and I and I think this is an issue for your offense. Although he is Iron or Captain America now, he is not a super soldier. He does not 
have any, I guess he could use the momentum of his wings to throw the football maybe, uh, but just doesn't have the arm strength. I think that you need, uh, against a bunch of superheroes. He doesn't have the arm strength, but he's got the mobility factor. I mean, he's got the wings. He's got the agility. You sure. Steve Rogers does not have the agility and the speed of the Falcon. He has when the speed he's on foot on foot. But this is the MCU. You can't win everything on foot. All right. Well, let us know what you guys think in the comments. Who won? Um, hey, don't forget, you know, I haven't hounded on this in a while, but go leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you listen there. Leave a review wherever you listen. If you're on YouTube right now or listening, watching on YouTube uh, later, I do like Hawkeye's quarterback, Matt. Um, but, you know, hit the uh, subscribe button. Hit the little bell so you know when we're going live, especially in the off season, We're a little sporadic. Andrew, if he gets uh, those credentials this year, uh, might be a little more sporadic in the uh, recording in, during the season as well. So you want to know when we are going live. Also, go follow us at Twitter, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, maybe TikTok soon at a Colts podcast. Um, could use an intern, a paid <laughs> intern, uh, who might uh, know a little about little about video editing or uh, can at least you know copy and paste some stuff on uh, you know Twitter and post some stuff on Instagram. That'd be real neat, unpaid, uh, you know, like us. So, <laughs> uh, other than that, Andrew, do you have anything for? Team one winner, Chris Burton coming back and saying you won. I don't know, Chris. I don't know about that, but uh, I knew we could put our past behind us, Chris. We we now here comes the lull of the off season, so we'll, we'll we'll try to we'll try to get some maybe some guests on throughout the uh, throughout the summer months. Maybe if we get our our followers up to over a thousand on our account, we please get over a thousand on a platform. Maybe specifically this one. Maybe we'll Listen, give a, I just saw a give new a Colts podcast. Granted, there's some guys with a strong following on on individually. You know, they uh, maybe it was just a name change of a podcast. Um, but uh, you know, they're already over 2K on Twitter, and I just can't believe it. How's that happen? What's going on here, guys? Spread the word. Spread the word, Matt. Stop listening to 15 podcasts and just trust us. You know, <laughs> uh, tell your friends. So. Um, that's it for me thanks for listening we had a lot of fun this episode Chris you're a real one uh, go Colts go Colts see you soon let this moment become a cherished memory and then remember a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel God bless you and God bless football